This episode of Dear Anxiety is brought to you by Go Action, the new animated procrastination program from GoZen. The Go Action series uses the power of story to teach kids to stop procrastinating and take action on homework, chores, self-care, and anything else kids love to put off till the last minute. Find out more at gozen.com forward slash procrastination. Oh, you know what, Ed? Hmm. I have to get a glass of water. Sure. Okay. You, um, I'll fill. I'm... You keep it going while you get okay. your water. Okay, cool. I'll be right okay. back. Okay. So you're probably listening to this and you're probably wondering, how how are we going to do a show? Why re- well, it's like a ventriloquism trick. Rini is going to drink a glass of water. She's actually going to get a glass of water while I talk about my relationship to my feelings. No, it, it's true. You know, today we're going to talk about realistic optimism. And they're, they're words that I've never heard together. And I'm not familiar with in any way, either one of them separately. Optimism, no. I'm a comedian, can't afford it. And realistic, absolutely not. I'm talking like we're actually doing a show. Actually, I'm just stretching, if you're listening. This is called filling, and it's what happens when you're just talking to fill time. But in the meantime, while I'm filling time, let me just tell you that Dear Anxiety is going viral. Everybody's listening to Dear Anxiety. Are you still talking? Yeah, I could talk for days. (laughs) Yeah. I was just telling him that it's like a ventriloquism trick. It's one one of us is going to drink water while the other one talks about feelings. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Well, that's true. That's what we that's what we did. Yeah, the, the the thing about it is, first of all, folks, you're you're listening to Dear Anxiety. This is the show about how we deal with our mental health. It's a show where we practice skills, resilient skills to help us with our emotional health, our emotional fitness. How do we relate to our thoughts and feelings? If you just took a second to think about that and actually consider that, most people would be horrified, I think, because we don't really think about how what we think or how we think. And it, it has a lot to do with happiness. It has a lot to do with your path in life. It really does. But I don't want to go into that now. Forget that for now. For now, let me just tell you that I'm Ed Krasnick. Rini Jane is coming up shortly. We host this show called Dear Anxiety. If you've been listening, thanks for listening again. If you're new, welcome. We're going to talk about realistic optimism today. I can't even say it. That's how crazy it is. This is about realistic optimism. Have you heard those words together? I don't really know what it means. I, I kind of infer what it means, but Rini's going to tell us more about it. It's a whole world. It's a whole topic. And Rini has a company called GoZen. If you're not familiar with it, GoZen.com teaches resilience skills of all kinds to kids, parents, and families all over the world. And they do it through animation and creative play. It's really great stuff. It's how I came to get to know Rini, which is amazing. And Rini also has studied applied positive psychology with Martin Seligman, who's the father of applied positive psychology at the University of Pennsylvania. She has a master's degree. Rini, if you're listening, if you're I, un- I am here. I have aged a thousand years. <laughs> if you, <laughs> but I'm here. If you're ha- if you're unhappy and you know it, clap your hands. No. If you're <laughs> no, if you're happy and you know No, so tell us now realistic optimism. I really am not familiar with this. 
Oh my goodness, I'm so happy to be talking about realistic optimism because my mom is a huge optimist, but she's not a realistic optimist. She's just a positivity cheerleader. I love you, mom, if you're listening. It's mm-hmm. not that I don't love you. Right, right. <laughs> but she's the kind of optimist that's kind of like, everything's going to be okay and we're great and just put a smile on your face and, you know, act as if. And that just kills me because I feel like it's magical thinking. And then you have the pessimists where my husband, if I say, you're kind of a pessimist. And he's like, I'm not a pessimist. I'm a realist. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Between your your mom and your husband exists the world of realistic optimism. Yes. If we mushed up my mom and my husband, we put them into a pasta machine Uh and we rolled them out, out Mm -hmm. would come realistic optimistic it's a mashup. spaghetti. It's a mashup. Yes. Okay. So That's so realistic optimism. Now why what is it about see because I think I come from it from the law of attraction side. Now is that something that you would consider magical thinking or is that what is that? Um I'm not saying that you can't manifest things into your life with belief. I think belief is really important. Um but believing you could succeed And that you will, without necessarily having a plan to overcome obstacles, it can backfire for sure. Visualizing success without visualizing effort often can backfire because what happens is, is that when we face a challenge en route to our goal, which happens right with everyone, with our kids, with ourselves, with everyone in this world, a lot of times we get thrown off track or we decide to give up at that point. And what we know from the research is, is if you plan for those things in advance, then you're more likely to succeed. So realistic optimism is really the practice of empowering yourself in a situation without denying the facts and really having this ability to see your own effort makes a difference, right? That you have self-efficacy, essentially. So Albert Bandura, he's one of the founding fathers of psychology, He discovered years and years ago that one of the best predictors of success is whether or not you believe that you can succeed and also the effort that you make makes a difference. That's interesting. Belief in and succeeding and the effort that you believe that that effort makes a difference. Okay, so so there's effort in this. But one without the other doesn't doesn't really work and both work well together. I think that a lot of times people's beliefs, which sit under their feelings and thoughts, it is what drives their lives. Um, Absolutely. Often. So in yes. other words, I can, I can give all kinds of effort. I can try things. I can, I can plan things. If my core belief is that I have no value, it's really hard to make money. And if your core belief is also that nothing you do is going to change that, That's when you spiral into that downward negativity that can lead to depression, right? Right. If you think that you have a particular circumstance, let's say that you are a kid that's being bullied and nothing you do, no effort you make, no planning you do, no persistence you have, none of the strategies that you're going to try are going to work, well, then you have a give up, you know, defeatist attitude and mentality. Then you stop trying, essentially, and it leads to apathy. So you need to not only have this belief within you, 
right? Well, not not the belief that you were talking about that you have no value. You need right. to believe that you have value, but yes. you also need to deeply believe that the things that you do in your life have an effect on your life. So we often, you often open and you mention Marty Seligman, who's the father of positive psychology, the founding father. He was once the president of the American Psychological Association. And back in the 60s and 70s, he did some seminal work on optimism and also on depression. And really, you know, they used to call me nutsheller in school or bullet pointer. That's what they call me, bullet pointer, because I used to take tons and tons and tons of research and make like one bullet point. Mm-hmm. And like, so what you're saying is, <laughs> right. so let me, bullet, let me bullet point his research. His research is basically showing you the same thing that we're talking about here. If you believe you can change your circumstance with your own effort, then there is hope. Then you have hope. If you believe that nothing you do is going to change the circumstance of your life, that can lead to depression. And we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, kind of what that means and some granular stuff there. But those are the big, that big headlines. They're huge. They're huge. And and so today we're going to talk about, you know, how to, what you actually can do to work on that and how you can actually change your, shift your thinking, shift your perspective and take action on what you, you know, on what you believe and what is realistic optimism in a pragmatic sense, in a practical sense? How do you practice that? And I guess I'm going to throw that out to you now. How do you practice it in your life? How how does this relate to, you know, your own life? Okay. So first of all, I want to make clear that the myth is believing that you will succeed. That sounds good, but it doesn't work, right? It's not supported by scientific research, just the belief. Okay. So that's the big myth. Right. So I look at, you know, we're talking about realistic optimism. I look at what the opposite is first. So in my own life, I remember that unrealistic optimists believe that success happens to them, right? All of a sudden, it's just going to fall on you somehow. And so what I remember is, is that I have to make plans. (laughs) I have to make plans for these things to happen. And for, let's say, setting a goal. So let's say I set a goal. Let's have a goal to put this Dear Anxiety show out there in the world and create at least 100 episodes, right? That's a goal that we put out there into the world. And I want to be a realistic optimist. So I am making plans to make that happen. So we'll, Ed and I will record once a week. I'm choosing strategies, right? We're going to use this recording software and this is how we're going to make time. I know that we're going to put in the effort. So we plan our shows, we talk about them. So all of these things go into the goal setting process. And then as a realistic optimist, I know that challenges are going to confront us. Those could be things in or out of our control. Let's say one of our kids gets sick or you know, something else happens that's kind of out of our control and that comes up and then I call Ed and say, I can't record this week or or vice versa. So I know the challenge is going to present itself that's going to take us off track. And so I make a plan for that challenge. And the way that I do that is I use an if-then statement. If I can't record one week, then the following week we will record two episodes. Again, I know a lot of these things that we talk about on the show, Ed, sound simple. Right. But they're backed by a lot of research. So it turns out they've done a lot of research on on weight loss, you know, people who want to lose weight. Imagine that. Like they've done tons of research in this space, right? And what they find is, is that when you want to lose weight, what throws you off track is temptation. 
you're like, I'm not going to eat Oreos. And then all of a sudden you're tempted to eat Oreos. If you make a plan in advance for what you are going to do, you are more likely to stay on path. If you don't make that plan in advance, you basically get hijacked by your brain in the moment. And then you don't have a plan and you eat the Oreo. Right. So making these if then statements is something that I do regularly. If I do it, you know, if I do it mentally, I feel like it works. But if I do it in writing, I feel like I superpower that strategy. Okay, that makes sense. And it's it's not something that we are used to doing or that a lot of people I don't think a lot of people uh, practice this. And I can see how it can really change your your life because you're not reacting to a situation. You're really responding to it, which are two different things, as we know. A lot of people find themselves in a situation. They haven't planned for it. And all of a sudden, they're having thoughts and feelings about that situation. That's a hard way to live because you don't have a lot of choices. You definitely don't have conscious choices. This is like the thought and feeling emergency kit, right? So when you go on a road trip, you have some sort of emergency kit, hopefully in the back of your car, just in case you have a breakdown, right? So you might have a car jack or you have flares or what else do you have? What else are the things that people have in their emergency kits? I know when I grew up in Chicago, we would have blankets and gloves in case we would get caught in the snow. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you'd have some food, maybe maybe you'd have some snacks, things like that, water. Maybe you'd have a little elf in the back that would help you out, you know, something like that. So you have, you have, I don't know where that came from. Yeah, well, maybe in your family, sure. (laughs) (laughs) So you have to have a mental and emotional emergency toolkit, right? You need to have, you need to have this backup plan. And so that's what we're talking about here. And then the other thing is that I really picked up from Marty Marty, are you listening? Because we say your name on every episode. Are you there? We should get residuals (laughs) or something. Yeah. (laughs) So Martin Seligman talks about the three P's that happen when we face challenges. Make sure that you don't make your challenges permanent. Oh, I'm the queen of permanence. It's going to be like this forever. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. So instead of permanent, think of things as temporary. So when your kids are talking about their challenges, listen for that P. Listen for permanence and teach them to challenge that particular thought. Don't make it completely personal. Now, sometimes we can't help but personalize and pull blame into ourselves for things that happen, especially if we are to blame. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there are some people that take make everything personal, right? If Ed, if you called me and said, listen, my car broke down and I can't record this week because I can't get to the office or to my home studio or, or whatever... How would that be on me? But somehow, sometimes when we are used to personalizing, we take the blame. Now, I don't know how I could take the blame for that, but somehow if that were my mindset, I would do it. So make sure that we are not pulling everything in. That's one of the P's. And then the third P is, and I'm a queen of this too, or had been in the past, is making things pervasive. So something goes wrong in one part of your life, right? So for your kids, something goes wrong in school, but then all of a sudden their entire life is a mess. Everything is terrible, Right. right? So this is an everything. All of a sudden it goes from one specific domain of life to everything. So you'll want to listen for that P and you'll want to go from pervasive to specific. So from permanent to temporary. So permanence is not good. Let's acknowledge that the experience or challenge we're going through is temporary. From personal to not personal, and then from pervasive to specific. Right. Okay. 
pervasive disposition. Well, this that's <laughs> it's taking notes. I'm, it's like, like, I'm right. taking notes because I'm like, how can I change everything I do today? <laughs> because everything that I've done, really, if I if I did a printout of my steps of how I think and how I problem solve, people would look at it and be like, never mind. Why isn't your life going better? Why are you still living? They would literally be like, how and Aww. why are you still, like, how would you be alive if you were doing things this way? Because it could be so much easier. It could be so much simpler. You guys, I have to tell you something about Ed, okay? He is constantly talking about himself like he is the before and the before and after in yeah. these in, in these role plays that we do and the show that we do. And I have told him before offline, and I will say it in Lee, our awesome producer, do not cut this out. <laughs> uh. I will say that Ed is very healing. I believe that he is a healer. He is someone that you want to go to when you have a problem. He's an incredibly mindful listener. He's very thoughtful. He gives beautiful advice. So I just want you guys to know that I know that there's a lot of self-deprecation that goes on in the show for both of us, you know, but especially Ed, that he's amazing. You are. Well, that's very kind of you to say that. I, uh, you know, I feel the same way about you, but it's, you know, I think that it's a habit to not be able to see yourself clearly. I think it's a habit. I have it as a habit. I'm trying to do a different practice. I think that humor-wise, it's just sort of how I grew up. And it's sort of, you know, it's just a it's just sort of how I have looked at things and how I've practiced things. I'm trying to shift it. I always want to, you know, I like humor and I like exaggerating things. I don't think you want to live that way. Certainly, you don't want your thought, you don't want to believe the exaggerated thoughts that you have. But I try to exaggerate for humor, but I, it comes from a place of, you know, having these wild thoughts that are unchecked. It's also the reason why I've been able to create things. So it's kind of mixed. I just want to live free and happy. I do want to get my hair back. I'm not going to lie to you about that. <laughs> that is a goal. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but I think it was back in the 80s. They had this infomercial where you could spray this dust on your head. Yes. Do you remember that? Yes, you know GLH, GLH hairspray. Why do you know the name? I don't know why you know because the name. Because I remember as a kid, I was like, boy, that'd be really cool if I could spray my hair on and if I could just have it. And even as a young kid, but it was GLH and it was an awful, I, I mean, it may be a great product and maybe they'll become a sponsor. Who knows? That would be so funny. <laughs> um, well, guess what? There are options is what I'm saying. See, it's yeah. realistic optimism. Yeah. You can you can make an effort and change your life. That's yes. what it is. That's yes. what this is about. We take the steps and listen, you're out there, you're listening. Maybe you're, you know, maybe you have thoughts maybe you maybe you have one side or the other but actually if then thinking planning if this happens then i will do this if i think this then i will do that if i feel this then i can always do take care of myself this way it really could make your life a lot easier i think I would love to do a role play where we're helping a kid learn something called the whoop method Woo. so That's right. It's first of all, so fun to say, of course. But this is a method, a goal setting method that uses a lot of this different research and sort of combines it into one. And a psychologist named Gabrielle Oettingen, Oettingen, that's Mm, a fun name to say too. Mm. She created this method and it is, it's really easy to do and very, very effective. So uh, WHOOP stands for wish, 
outcome, obstacle, and plan. And maybe we can do a role play where, you know, not a a typical role play that we do where a kid comes in with a problem, but a role play where we're just teaching our kid to do this. That's a good idea. Uh, They have a goal and we want to use this as the goal setting method. Let's get ready, people. Quiet on the set. Why don't you teach me? Let's just say that I'm a kid. My my goal, I mean, I can just tell you, my goal is to, I want to play varsity basketball. And and I'm really, Uh I'm really short, you know. That's the thing. I do like to play and I'm fast, but I'm short and everybody towers over me. And I don't know if I have a chance. I, I mean, it doesn't seem like I'll ever make it, but it's what I, I want. I hear you. I hear you. You know, well, every goal starts with setting the goal. And it looks like you already have one that you want to play varsity basketball. Yes. And you know what? There's actually a really, really cool way to set this goal. And it rhymes with hoop. As in hoops, you want to try it? It's called whoop. Whoop, there it is. Ab- whoop, yes. there it is. I would like to try it. I would like to try it. <laughs> okay, here we go. Okay. Okay, so I want you to just say your goal, and I'll write it down for you. You know, Tell me what your goal is. It should be challenging. It should be compelling. And it should be somewhat realistic. And the timeline for the goal doesn't matter. It could be today, tomorrow, in, in 100 years. It doesn't really matter. Just tell me well, I wanna, what your goal is. I want to play on the team. I want to play varsity basketball, and I want okay. to make the team. Okay. Okay. You want to play varsity basketball. Yeah, you I want do. to make the team. I okay. Do. So now let I'm me in ask high school. you this. I'm in, gra- I'm, in, uh, I'm in high school. I'm in high school. You're in high school. Yeah. Okay, great. And I know that because I'm your mom, right? Because right? right. we're, we're in a role play. Right. <laughs> That's right. We were actually, yes, we're, you're my mom and you know that. I'm saying that to I you. I do. Like, you know, my, I'm not going to start calling myself by my own name because that would be crazy. <laughs> okay, Ed. So your wish is to make the varsity basketball team. So that's the first step. We did it. W for wish. Yes. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you for the O is outcome. What's the best possible outcome that would come out of accomplishing your goal? So let's just visualize for a second. Close your eyes for a moment and imagine the tryouts have happened. You've played your best and they've emailed the results of who's made the team. You open up the email and you're on the list. You made the team. Wow. So what's the best possible outcome from that? Well, the best possible outcome is that I meet new friends. I'm able to play with the team and I'm able to get better and better as a basketball player. And I'm actually in this community of, of, of students that, that are athletes. And it's fantastic. Wow. It feels so good. You How know? do you feel? Does it feel good? Do you it, feel energized it, by it? It feels so great. And it's something that I've always wanted. And you know what? I really belong to something now. I belong to this group of people. And it's a great feeling. I was always on the outside looking and now I belong. Wow, that's awesome. So Ed, listen, we've done wish. We've done your outcome, your best possible outcome. You know what this whoop method needs, by the way? It needs some music because right now we have the dun dun dun. The O for obstacles, because we know there are going to be some challenges, right, that come up. So I'd love to know from you what personal challenges do you think are going to prevent you from achieving this? What's standing in the way between you and getting on that basketball team? And I want you to really think about this in your mind, visualize it. Well, 
Yeah. I mean, my outside shot is not the greatest. And I really get mad at myself when I don't play well. And so sometimes I, you know, I beat myself up. I get, I get a little bit, I get so frustrated and I want to throw the ball, you know, to the other end of the court. I, I throw it against the wall in, in disgust because I just wish I could be better, you know, and some people seem to have that skill and they have it right away. They just, it's easy for them and it doesn't feel easy for me always. Okay. So let's recap those a little bit, right? So your outside shot you feel like is not so great. No. It sounds like you have some frustration when it doesn't go so well. Yes. So you get frustrated. Yes. Yeah. And that maybe stops you from playing your best. Yes. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So your outside shot's not so great. You get frustrated and then that can affect your performance. All right. So we know the challenges. Well, let's go to the last step of whoop. Let's make a plan for overcoming your obstacle. Okay. What action could help you when your obstacle shows up? Let's say, you know, you're you're going to practice and you know that you're going to have to take these outside shots. What could you do? And the way that I want to make the plan is I want to use an if-then statement. If I'm having problems with my outside shot, then I will, you fill in the blank. Then if I'm having problems with my outside shot, then I will practice a hundred shots in the morning before school so that it's so easy for me. It's so, it's so I I'm in such a flow that nothing can, can stop me and that I practice easily. And that, and, and the other thing is if I'm having problems with my outside shot, I will see something. I will visualize something. I'll visualize my shot going in and visualize someone, <laughs> I will visualize Magic Johnson patting me on the back. I love that. Now let's go even one deeper. Okay. If you don't feel like waking up in the morning to practice those 100 shots, then what can you do? If, if I have trouble waking up to practice the 100 shots, then I will put on an inspiring piece of music that will help me or I will play videos of Larry Bird, who used to be this great basketball player that I used to watch. And if you happen to end up missing one of these practices, then, and I want you to tell me how you're going to be good to yourself still. Um, if I miss one of these practices, then I will, I will make sure that I do something for myself that I like that day. And it might be, it might be going to my favorite place, which is this tree that's near a park near where we live. And sometimes I just sit, sit near the tree and it sort of makes me feel better. So I may visit that place. I love that. Okay, so now that we've done the four steps, an important part of this process is actually visualizing these things in your mind, your wish, your outcome, your obstacle, and your plan. And I'm going to, we're going to slide out of role play here now. I want to say that you can add a lot of creativity to this. So I was saying add music. Another thing that came to mind when we were doing this, because I know a lot of parents will say, well, how do I get my child to do this? You know, and what if they don't want to do it? And the how, the how of 
just walking through the Whoop plan. You can do tons of different things. For kids that are younger, you can draw it, right? Mm -hmm. For kids, maybe middle schoolish, you can also, when they're in the mood to do it, you can record it with them so they can play it sort of as a guided meditation for themselves. You could probably, and Ed could speak to this more, do some of this with humor. Mm -hmm. But none of these things that we're saying on here are anything to be done with force. You must do the whoop technique, right? This is our homework for tonight. It's something, obviously, that you have to ease into. You have to be connected to your child. And also, you know, I don't want to say when all else fails because I really don't believe that. But in conjunction with trying to have your child do it, just do it yourself. You can do it beside your, your child. You can do it together. And you can show your child you know, how you do it. You know, I think a lot of times with parents, we're afraid to, to share what we're going through because we think the role of a parent is to stand above and to be, you know, a leader. But I think some of the things that I really liked about my mom the most was that sometimes she showed herself to me as a person and it really made a sort of a powerful impact on me. And I think, I think that's a good thing to do. I think it's good to say, I did this for myself about an issue, about a thing, and here's, here's what I'm doing. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. I love that you saw your mom's humanity. You know, yeah. I didn't see that for a long time with my parents. And then it was so shocking to realize that they had flaws. Yeah. And everything they said wasn't true. <laughs> like, yeah. What? yeah. What do you mean? But my mom told me that. How could it not be true? Yeah. 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 It is. It is. Sometimes I think when you, when you have younger kids, you're like, well, I can't really, can't really do that. But, but all of the stuff that you're trying to model for them is stuff that you got to practice yourself anyway. It's not one of those do as I say, not as I do kind of things. I mean, you really, this is stuff that you do and you share with your kid, not that your kid does and you get them to do it. And our hope is that in listening to this, you will take one little golden nugget away every week. You know, try one little thing, one little thing. So even if you're visualizing your success, you're visualizing your effort as well. Anything small that you can do can really create a shift in your life. Yeah, that's really it's really true. I and I think if this is something you could actually write out in front of you and you could actually have simple plans. This is something I'm going to try this week. I'm actually going to try the whoop method and I'm hoping that I get the answer. Whoop, there it is. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what joke you tell. I love it. I think it's funny. Okay. So, I would think that you know, it's probably time to wrap up. But yeah. Can we tell everyone about some awesome things that they can do? Yeah, I and this really Now, this is a thing. First of all, thanks for listening and thanks for the great Thank comments you. that you give on the podcast on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts because we want you to subscribe. We want you to share. We want to build the community. We want to expand the community because the big thing about wellness and about emotional fitness and about well-being is we're not isolated from each other. It's very hard to live well when you feel isolated. So let's connect. One great way to connect is that you can send in a note. You can send in an email. You can send in a voice message. You can send in audio about your life, about what's going on, what you want to share, what you want us to talk about, suggestions or experiences that you've had. And you can send it in to Dear Anxiety. 
Isn't it amazing how when I don't have this in front of me, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Go to gozen.com forward slash dear anxiety. <laughs> And on there, you're going to find a form where you can reach us and you can send in comments. You can send in audio messages. We would love to hear from you. And find the podcast. Find it at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Dear Anxiety. And join us on GoZen. Definitely sign up for our newsletter. We have so many exciting things coming up. Ed and I are working on some other projects together that we're going to let you know about really soon. Um, we have a lot of different products that we've released. And recently, I have been working on a book. Um, talk about the need for grit, perseverance, persistence, resilience. Every single thing that we talk about is required in writing this book. So I will tell you guys more about that when it's closer to release. This is exciting. A lot of a lot of good stuff really coming up. Very exciting stuff. So I want want to thank you for listening. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. I'm Ed Krasnick. I'm Rini Jane. See you next time. Bye, guys. <laughs>